It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, here's Noam Layden on 77 WABC. Wow. Look at that. I don't know that I've ever had some, like, deep voice guy say my name before. Trying to think in my career. I was once Jeff Lewis, and there was a voice guy who had introduced me, but that's a story for another day. All right. Uh, good morning. It is Monday, February 27th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun and clouds today, high 42. A mix of rain and snow between 6 and midnight today. Could see some uh, accumulation here in the city. We'll get into that in a moment. Low 36. And then Tuesday, rain and snow showers, high 40. If you're walking out the door with us right now, it is 33 and clear. So happy you're with us. So much to get to. Let's get to the top five. Five at five right now. The top five at five. Finally, a winter storm is going to hit us. It's a big day for LIRR riders. Good luck finding a place to sit down at some Starbucks across the tri-state. Some of New York's finest want a big job on Long Island. And we are meeting people in East Palestine who are sick and want answers now. All right, let's get right into it. This winter storm, uh, how bad will it be? It's going to hit us. We haven't had any. We've had one inch of snow here in New York City. One inch. I mean, that's it. So uh, we might get a couple inches on top of that. So we have people racing out to places like hardware stores. You know, they get all freaked out going out, buying the bread. Really didn't start to pick up. People didn't, from what I saw, especially today, People didn't start taking it seriously till this evening here. And it's like, okay, they're on their way home. They're like, okay, wow, this is going to happen. Better stop, get a shovel, get some ice melt, rock salt. Yeah, it's a guy who owns a hardware store. City will likely get a slushy mix of snow and rain that there's two different predictions here. One, that it won't amount to much, one to three inches. So the storm will begin like six o'clock tonight. We'll go till midnight. That'll be the sort of snowy part. Then it'll turn to rain overnight. That's one prediction. The other prediction is it may stay snow for longer. And if that's the case, the city will get three to six inches. So that's a little more fun. Uh, Portions of the upper Hudson Valley could get socked a whole lot harder. If you're really high up in the Hudson Valley and you're listening to us, could get like up to a foot. Uh, Westchester, Rockland County, six inches more. Uh, if you're like in West Milford, northwestern New Jersey, same thing, six inches or more. But of course, we will watch this all day long. We'll, uh, as the, it becomes more clear, as the forecast becomes more co- clear, of course, we will pass those details on to you, but we're watching this storm. The funny part about this is, Southern California has actually gotten more snow than we have this winter. They got hit with a storm over the weekend. I mean, when does Southern California ever get snow? But there were portions of Southern California that got six inches of snow over the weekend. Well, last night uh, I was uh, going out the front door and heard a big crash. And I started looking around for damage and then I heard my wife calling me. And I ran back inside. We had lost power. I lit out our side door, and uh, there was a power line down. Of course, they're not used to that kind of thing. Roughly six inches of snow falling in recent days. California, again, having more snow than us, which is just so bizarre. Uh, Northern California getting hit with snow as well. Wind gusts up to 50 miles per hour caused uh, highway closures. And, of course, you think we're bad at driving as snow. Forget about it in Southern California. They're really not used to this thing. 
so again, we'll watch the trail of the storm as the day goes on and as more information comes into us. Of course, we'll pass it on to you. WABC News Time 504 Police investigating the deadly shooting of a 25-year-old in the Bronx. WABC's Alex Barnard joins us live with the details on this. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Gnome. Yes, that is right. Police say the incident happened at 1.30 in the afternoon yesterday at the intersection of Bathgate Avenue and East 183rd Street in the Belmont section. A 911 call came in of shots fired, and when police got there, they found the victim, 25-year-old Achilles Baskin, unconscious after being shot in the head. He was taken to St. Barnabas Hospital, but doctors couldn't save him, unfortunately. This is apparently the same intersection where just five years ago, Lissandro Guzman Feliz, a.k.a. Junior, was killed. One neighborhood resident who spoke to ABC7 said this particular intersection is plagued with violence. It's not like, it's, it's not no, no more like living, like you're always on the edge. You ride in a train and a bottle drop, you think it's a gun. Because we, like, we're getting used to it, which, which we shouldn't. The NYPD is currently investigating surveillance footage and interviewing witnesses. So far, no arrests have been made. Thank you very much, WABC's Alex Barnard. WABC News Time 505, a stand-up comedian, now wanted for shooting a man on the subway. Detectives say 30-year-old Marcus Cofresi shot another man in the arm and torso last month when they got into some sort of a fight aboard an N-train. Confresi was scheduled to perform at a club near Times Square Saturday night. But as you might guess, the venue canceled. The club called LOL. You know, laughing out loud. He was a, he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know what's wrong. And that day when he came, he's supposed to make some spot, but he no show up. And the next day, no show up too. And that's it. Yeah, so police can't find him. Would you go to a club called LOL? I don't know if I'd race to a club called LOL. NYPD Brass making a plea for the public to track this guy down. They say he was last seen wearing a dark-colored jacket with New York written on the front, dark-colored sweatpants, gray sneakers, a Yankees baseball hat. I looked for some of his stand-up because I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. Is he a funny guy? Couldn't find anything online, so I don't know how big of a comedian is. But uh, at LOL, they say they're happy he didn't show up over the weekend. The first thing I can't believe, because he was a nice person with me, and then with all the stuff, and then like, I can't believe like, what's wrong with him that night. So Marcos Confressi still on the loose at this hour. WABC News Time 508 SpaceX was had a planned overnight launch of a rocket crew members International Space Station on their way there. They called this thing off uh, early this morning. The SpaceX ground teams had reported around T minus five minutes an issue with the T-TEB, um, which is the um, uh, basically the stuff that we use to ignite the engines on the first stage. Probably a good idea if that was the case to call it off. The Crew 6 mission was scheduled to launch from Kennedy Space Center, but was called off due to an issue with the ignition system. Uh, the uh, next launch uh, opportunity will be 1.30 a.m. tomorrow on board. This is the interesting part. So you realize we're sort of at war with Russia, but not when it comes to NASA, because on board will be two NASA astronauts and a Russian cosmonaut. Right. So we're still communicating with them. A Russian cosmonaut 
ready to go up into space with these NASA astronauts. Also an astronaut from the United Arab Emirates. Uh, the crew will spend six months at the International Space Station. Again, they'll try again 2.30 a.m. tomorrow. WABC News Time 509. When we left you on Friday, there was uh, all this chatter online from neo-Nazis about a day of hate on Saturday against the Jewish community. So police were beefed up outside some synagogues. One synagogue, the Congregation Temple Bethel, which is on the Upper East Side, decided they weren't going to cower inside their synagogue. And they actually held their services outside on Saturday. I believe the only way to defeat it is to stand up to it, to not be intimidated by it. I come feeling that I have to go ahead and be vigilant, but I will not go ahead and succumb to fear. No real threat against the city. Not even sure this chatter there was anything to it. Maybe it was five dopes out in Iowa talking about Jews. Not 100% clear. Uh, So they hold this outdoor service. There are police around. Lots of people say they're happy that the synagogue did not uh, cower inside and showed they were unafraid. Sadly, it does not come as much of a surprise given the vitriol and the anger of the national discourse. So NYPD telling us there actually has been 35 hate crimes reported to the NYPD so far this year. According to the latest numbers, about half are targeting the Jewish community. WABC News Time 511. Rob Astorino, did you listen to his show on Saturday at 4 o'clock? He had on George Santos. Uh, Santos uh, told Rob, apparently they're longtime friends. How they know each other, not exactly clear. They did not say how they knew each other. But Santos... uh, says that uh, while he did lie about a lot, he says a lot of what he's being accused of now is not necessarily true. People coming out of the woodworks that I haven't seen in 10, 15 years and that I had minor interactions with in my life, saying that I I stole a scarf. That's utterly false. (laughs) Oh, that I I stole $30,000 from him. That's utterly false. Of course, the problem is you don't really know what to believe with George Santos anymore because he did lie about so much, and he says he's sorry about that. The education stuff, I, I, look, there's no excuses for it. I, it's an insecurity. It's some, it's an opportunity I never had to finish. And then life just started working out well for me, and I didn't think I needed it, but there was always that insecurity, and I, 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 I ran with the store with, with that decision. It was a bad decision. I don't encourage anybody to do it. Uh, it's stupid. It was stupid, 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 infantile decision to make. Yeah, still beating himself up about it. Some New Yorkers held a caravan over the weekend in Queens where they drove around his office there asking him again to step down. All I got to say is he's been exposed and it's a horrible thing that he's still in orphan. He should be gone quicker than a blink of a nine. I think he'll have some shame and some dignity and just resign. If he was a Democrat, you wouldn't hear much about it. Oh, you might have something to that. So if you want to hear the whole interview, and it's a good interview, it's about 20 minutes long, you have two ways to listen to it. You can listen to it in minicast form, which is a 10-minute version, or the whole 20 minutes. Just surf on over to WABCRadio.com, and you can listen to what is a really interesting interview, because he does talk policy with Rob Astorino as well, and it's interesting to hear him talk about something besides all the lies that he has told. WABC News Time 513, students at Perth Amboy High School school in New Jersey say they're planning a walkout today over a fifth graders stabbing at Samuel Shull Middle School last week. 
Perth Amboy City officials say a sixth grader stabbed a fifth grader with a kitchen knife right after school dismissal last Wednesday. This 11-year-old who was stabbed, thankfully released from the ICU Saturday after surgery and days of sedation. The sixth grade suspect is in custody, charged with a bunch of crimes, including attempted murder and aggravated assault. Right? Sixth grader is what, 12 years old? A fifth grader's 11 years old. They're carrying around knives. What is going on? And the teachers union says it's common, not uncommon. The teachers union says it's common to see students bringing knives to school in Perth. And boy, what is going on? They need some form of a metal detector. If that's common, a rally near City Hall is planned for 4, 5.45 tonight. WABC News Time 514. Today is the day where new LIRR full rail service into Manhattan begins. Trains will go directly to Manhattan's east side with arrivals and departures from Grand Central Madison. They have been doing this as a pilot, as a test, but now all trains that can will fly onto the east side and then go to the west side. The station looks fantastic. It's like a boutique, you know. I think the marbles, it's very elegant. I've never seen anything like this in the world, and I travel a lot. I think it's going to help the congestion on the west side, which is where I'm from. Um, and it's a gorgeous station. We're hearing from people here who commute into WABC through there. They say it's fantastic. It's a beautiful train station. But, of course, there's always somebody who's upset about it. We found someone. It's a complete waste of money. I think that the LIR overcharges people, especially in Queens, to take the train uh, while they give incentives for the suburban uh, population to use it. New station costs $11 billion to build. That's what he's upset about. WABC News 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk and say good morning to Justin Ellen. Good morning, No, We begin here on the ice. The Rangers snapped their four-game losing skid yesterday, bringing the Los Angeles Kings at home by a score of 5-2. to two. Vincent Trocek had another big game for the Blue Shirts with two goals to his name, including this beauty in the second to put New York up 3 to nothing. Trocek on here. With Goodrow and Lafayette, Trocek scores! That was a beauty! The first one he got help on. This one was his goal all the way. That call courtesy of MSG. One thing also to note from the contest was the match penalty and ejection issued to Keandre Miller for spitting on King's defenseman Drew Doughty. The penalty will be re- uh, reviewed by the commissioner's office and Miller could face supplemental discipline. New York gets the Flyers next in Philadelphia on Wednesday night. Out in Winnipeg, the Islanders put the Jets away 4 to nothing. Bo Horvat got things going with this shorthanded goal in the first open. The scoring. This is bunched up along the inboards here with the power play halfway gone. Game free, and it's Bo Horvat. He's up ice, Parisi hustling too. Horvat shorthanded into the zone, scores! Horvat using Morrissey as a screen. It's a shorthanded goal. That call courtesy of MSGS and the Isles wouldn't look back from there with goaltender Semyon Varlamov securing the shutout with his 23 saves on the night. New York will be back on the wagon tomorrow night in Minnesota to face off with the Wild on the hardwood. The Nets suffered heartbreak at the hands of Trey Young and the Hawks in Atlanta losing 129 to 127 thanks to a buzzer beater from Atlanta's star point guard. Cameron Johnson and Mikel Bridges did all they could for Brooklyn with their 27 and 24 respected, uh, respectively, but it wouldn't be enough as the Nets now get set to host the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow night. And looking ahead to NBA action tonight, the Knicks, they get ready to welcome in the Boston Celtics for a 7.30 p.m. tip-off. 
and collegiate basketball last night saw the Rutgers win 59-56 on the road against Penn State. Here with sports, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. It is a trend that the fast food places don't want to do, but they have no choice. We'll get into that story and more, but first let's get a check of Wall Street. Here's Lou Dobbs. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Stocks suffered their worst losses of the year last week. Hot inflation data sparking the sell-off. Investor concerns about the Fed extending its interest rate hike campaign weighing on the market. Target headlining retail earnings this week. The stock down 3% since Walmart's consumer warning a week ago. Investors looking to Target's guidance. The company investing $100 million in its e-commerce division. Zoom Video reports earnings today. Revenue for Forecast 5% higher. Zoom stock up 10% this year, still down more than 40% over the past 12 months. Home price growth forecast to have slowed last month. The latest Case Shiller Home Price Index update comes tomorrow. Auto sales forecast to be higher this month. Improved inventories, boosting sales. The latest data Wednesday. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more. More to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. WABC News Time 521. NYPD Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell. Warning of the dangers of subway surfing. You'll remember last week, a 15-year-old, Zachary Nazario, died after falling from the train he was surfing on. And then he got ran over by the train. He was doing this on the Williamsburg Bridge. May have been live streaming it. Definitely had the thought of uploading the video afterwards. It is extremely dangerous. Uh, We recognize that social media plays a part in it. Some of these things are live streamed uh, when, when they're doing it. My guess is social media plays a huge part in this because you upload it and lots of people, dopes like me, will watch it on TikTok or YouTube or Instagram. So asking parents, guardians, school officials, along with social media companies to stop playing these videos because it's encouraging others to subway surf. And we're asking our parents, guardians, uh, school officials, anyone who can get this message out. And we're going to be asking social media to play a part as well to be able to curb this, uh, this these activities. There's no word from whether social media will uh, go along with that, but they probably should. I mean, subway surfing, how frightening. And, you know, teenagers think they're invincible and they are not. WABC News Time 522. Yesterday marked 30 years since the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. Senator Schumer spoke at a memorial service. February 26 shook our sense of security here in New York. And of course, though we didn't know it at the time, The bombing presaged the most deadlier attack eight years later. Six people killed that day after terrorists set off homemade bomb in the parking garage under the Twin Towers. More than a thousand people were injured due to the large explosion and debris. It's sort of hard to remember all the details of the story, part of it because it's a long time ago. But the other, of course, it's overwhelmed by the 9-11 attacks. Mayor Adams took part in the service as well. New York was attacked because we are the symbol of that dream. This is American city, and we will continue to lift up that dream, no matter what harm we are facing. The families of the victims gathered with survivors at the 9-11 memorial for a moment of silence, a reading of names, a tolling of the bell. The 9-11 Museum will host a special public program on that attack a little later today. WABC News Time 523. 
A team of armed robbers have caught the attention of the NYPD. At least seven robberies they've been involved in in the last couple of days. $20,000 they've stolen from mostly small businesses. This man who spoke to CBS owns a bodega that was held up, around $2,000 stolen from him. I was, like, afraid of them because they are really dangerous people. They said, check your hands up, check your hands up, and they told me that we will kill you if you move. Thankfully, uh, he is okay, but he's lighter in the wallet today by probably almost $2,000. He's an immigrant from Egypt. He says the money that was stolen was about to be wired to a relative in Egypt who needs to have an operation. Now he doesn't have the money to send. I am working all the week for this salary. Then I talked to my friend that I am going to send it morning, but they can't. So at least uh, seven robberies over a five-day stretch. So far, police have not caught up with these jerks. WABC News Time 524. Two top members of the NYPD have signed up to take the chief's exam to work in Suffolk County. James Essek, the chief of detectives, and Juanita Holmes, the chief of training, both well-known names within the NYPD, are among 16 people who have registered for the March 25th civil service test. Also on the list, according to the New York Post, of the 16 test takers is Elliot Cologne, uh, the former commanding officer in the 67th Precinct in Brooklyn. The exam will be used to fill chief's positions for two wealthy and two low-crime Long Island enclaves, the villages of Southampton and Lloyd Harbor. Most of the other candidates work for the Southampton police now, and now we're up against these guys from New York City. So first... We saw NYPD cops going to Florida, going to South Carolina for higher paying jobs in lower crime areas and now closer to home out to Suffolk County. WABC News Time 525. Two popular restaurant chains taking matters into their own hands when it comes to handling the problem of homelessness. This is in Hoboken. Starbucks and Panera Bread have taken out all the seats and tables. And there were a lot of them, by the way, in both of these restaurants because so many homeless people were coming in and fighting with each other. They said it was just easier to take all the seats away. But, of course, that means there's no seats for you and I when we want to sit down and have a cup of coffee. I mean, when we went in, I just thought they meant that they weren't serving tables anymore. And when we sat down, it's, no, there are no physical tables anymore. (laughs) I noticed homeless people every day sitting in Starbucks, sitting in Panera, um, some some friendly, some not so much. How crazy is that? That because the homeless have taken over, they can't keep them out. Not really sure why, but for whatever reason, they can't keep the homeless out. So you and I get punished. I just want to have you know a cup of coffee, maybe some mac and cheese at Panera and sit in the warm and maybe with some friends, but no longer at these two places in Hobo. We live in a very urban but also upscale area and it's not really something you wish to see upon every single day so it kind of makes sense on that end it is unfortunate but it makes sense but i I don't personally agree with it yeah we reached out to starbucks and panera for comment they didn't have much to say to us it doesn't bother me as long as they're not you know messing with me or messing with any other patrons and not bothering anybody then i don't have so much of a problem with it i have a problem with it because how nuts is that you have to see i know which panera this is it's a huge restaurant with probably 30 tables in it. They've yanked them all out. Now you can only get in, go in and get takeout. That's going to hurt their business. And it's all because they can't handle the homeless population there. Crazy.
WABC News Time 529 in East Palestine. We've been hearing so many stories since the, the train crash back on February 3rd and when they burned off the chemicals. We're going to hear firsthand from three different people who say they are sick and only got sick after those chemicals were burned off. And wait till you hear some of the voices of these people. They can't even talk. And we'll get into that and more. There's so much more to get to. But first, WABC News Time is 5.30. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know. With Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, here's Noam Layden on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. Good morning. It is Monday, February 27th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sun and clouds today, high 42. A mix of rain and snow between 6 and midnight tonight. Tonight. We will see accumulation, could be three to six inches here in the city. If you're north of us, could be six inches or more. The low tonight, 36. And then Tuesday, rain and snow showers, high 40. If you're walking out the door with us right now, though, it's not bad out, 33 and clear. So happy you're here so much to get to in this final half hour. We are tracking the trail of that storm. And if you've been listening to Joe Nolan all morning this morning, three to six inches here in the city again An overnight event, probably. So when you wake up, you'll see that snow. Uh, He's suggesting, if you can, so many people work from home anyway. But uh, if you're somebody who commutes, you might want to think about working from home tomorrow. Uh, Probably northwestern New Jersey, places like West Milford, higher elevations. You could see six inches or more. Same with uh, northern parts of Rockland County, Westchester County. You could see six inches or more snow. But are you like me? Finally, (laughs) you know, you know, it's bad when Los Angeles has had a high snow total than New York City and they had uh, up to six inches in parts of Los Angeles County over the weekend. Maybe we will catch up with them in the overnight tonight. WABC News Time 533. Fires caused by lithium ion batteries have more than quadrupled here in the city just since January compared to last year. FDNY Commissioner Laura Kavanaugh says 22 fires so far this year that have left 36 people injured and two others dead were caused by those batteries. These are the batteries that usually go into those moped electric bikes. These are incredibly dangerous devices and we must make sure that uh, members of the community are handling them properly and using them safely. So here's here's the rub. The FDNY working with the New York City's Sheriff's Office to crack down on these locations that sell off-market batteries. They're cheaper and people would want to pay less for batteries, especially with prices so high now with inflation. But it's those batteries that are more likely to explode. Kavanaugh uh, laying out a slew of tips reminding people not to leave the batteries, by the way, also overcharging uh, overnight. You want to make sure any device is not being tampered with, that you're not opening up the batteries and potentially making them more hazardous and more likely to catch fire. You want to make sure that these devices are not sitting in your hallway or your exit or your only way out of your room or your home. All good advice, but I think the key part of this story is those second-rate batteries not a good idea to buy them. Buy the real McCoys, the ones that are that have uh, that have all the advisories on them and that are made by legit companies. And I think you'll probably be OK. WABC News Time 534. Former Vice President Mike Pence 
says, uh, well, he's not going as far as saying he's going to run, but he was going after Donald Trump on ABC over the weekend. I think the times call for different leadership. And I'm confident we'll have better choices than my old running mate uh, come 2024. You wait for him to hit Donald Trump harder, but he's not going to do that. On Friday night's edition, this was actually, uh, he was on NBC Nightly News, uh, spoke with Ali Vitali, started rolling out portions of uh, an exclusive interview that she did with Pence. The 2024 primary calendar, of course, is going to start to heat up soon. That first Republican debate is in August. That's not far away. So we all we know about is Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. Will Mike Pence be there as well? He's not saying. Have you talked to him lately? I, 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 I have not. That's when she asked if he had talked to Donald Trump in a while. Apparently, well, as we know, the two haven't talked probably in a long time. Uh, meanwhile, Vice President, the former Vice President, is calling out some in his party on the one-year anniversary of the war between Russia and Ukraine. He says it sounds like some of the people in his party are taking the side of Russia, and he says that's crazy. There can be no room in the leadership of the Republican Party for apologists for Putin. There can only be room for champions of freedom. So, of course, the thought here is if Mike Pence jump it, jumps in, uh, Tim Scott's rumored to jump in as well. Two, if more people jump in, that's good for Donald Trump since he right now at least has the highest number of support in all the polls. He has, he's higher than Ron DeSantis. He's higher than Mike Pence, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley. And he wins this thing. So he's like, hey, the more the merrier uh, in the primary schedule. But anyway, again, heats up in August in Milwaukee. The first debate in Milwaukee, of course, being where the Republican National Convention will be held the following summer. So the first debate's going to happen there in August, of course. We'll be all over that right here, 77 WABC. There was yet another close call involving uh, planes at the nation's airport. Here's reporter Tom Costello. This one at Burbank Airport in the greater Los Angeles area. It's now the fourth close call on the nation's runway so far this year. One other close call involved a collision last month between a FedEx and a Southwest plane in Austin. Thankfully, nobody was hurt, but it's awfully frightening to hear that planes are involved in close calls. In this case, one plane was coming in for a landing as another plane was cleared for takeoff. Yeah, uh, we had that happen here in New York as well, uh, all of it being investigated. The FAA chief has already issued a call to safety, a call to action nationwide with a summit in Washington set for next month. And now the NTSB chief is also weighing in, saying she too is concerned about what's happening in cockpits and in control towers. WABC News Time 539. Let's go out to East Palestine, Ohio where those trains, that uh, freight train derailed back on February 3rd. Chemicals poured out some of those cars. They were burned off. And the aftermath has just been just, well, it seems as well, it's been horrendous. Not only just the response, but the fact that we're hearing from more and more people in this small town about the fact that they're sick. Wade Lovett is one of them. He says he had a normal voice and no problems with his chest before this train derailment. Now listen to him, how he speaks. Uh, we don't know what he spoke like before, but he says his voice was a whole lot deeper than it is now. He says now he sounds like he's uh, sucked in a bunch of helium. I work in East Palestine at Rural Arena outside with cars and water. And it's just been like this ever since the train blew up. I sound like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. 
But, He's um, got a deep, thraspy voice normally. Other than that, I just go and get tested and get checked out. Crazy, right? Outrageous. And he says he's gone to a number of doctors and they say, yeah, it likely is from the chemicals that were burned off in East Palestine. Of course, locals are frustrated. They're furious about what they say has been a real lack of real information. First, they were told it was okay to stay there. Others, not federal officials, but others on the ground said, no, you should have gotten away. He, Wade, lives like 900 feet from the railroad tracks or somewhere awfully close. Uh, others uh, say they're having health problems as well and that their kids are constantly worried about what's going to happen. It's been tough. We're not sleeping. We're getting sick with eye infections, respiratory headaches, sore throats. Um, my grandkids have been traumatized. They're worried all the time about the train. It's always we hear the train, the train, the train. And you don't realize how traumatic it was until... You hear something out of the norm. When we hear a fire truck come out this way now, we're scared. We go running. We go to sea. Of course. So we don't know all the answers, but these people should be given as much information as possible so they know how to go on with their lives. But when you listen to those two people, who, by the way, spoke with the New York Post, it's frightening. Because we've heard others who have those same sort of raspy voice going on. Again, this guy had a deep voice. Listen to what he sounds like now. I work in East Palestine, rural arena. He's been like this since February 3rd. That's crazy. Uh, Ann Vogel was with the Ohio EPA. She claims that the area looks a whole lot better today. If you have been anywhere near the derailment site in a while, it's definitely... Looking better, you can see dirt being hauled, liquids being stored, hauled often stored. Uh, you can see the scrap being removed. That's all, again, part of that initial phase of emergency response. That's all good, but get the people who were listening to there the help and health that they need. WABC News Time 542. President Biden says he intends to run for re-election. My intention is from, hasn't been done from the beginning to run. But there's too many other things I have to finish in the near term before I start a campaign. Biden uh, telling ABCs this week that he'll start a full-blown 2024 presidential campaign soon. Word is it maybe it'll come in April. Biden has not announced any official plans. Uh, First Lady Jill Biden was out there over the weekend as well, giving an interview with the Associated Press where she said the same thing. Her husband's running. People are just starting to see all of this come to fruition. He was elected because... People wanted steady leadership, and I think they saw that in Joe, and they saw his character. They saw his integrity. So she says, hold on, just a matter of time. He says he's not done. He's not finished what he started, and that's what's important. More people jumping in on the Republican side as well. South Carolina Republican Senator Tim Scott says his message of positivity will always work for him because America was founded on hope. Uh, he was seen in Iowa over the last couple of weeks speaking out. Uh, New Hampshire, too, thought is he may jump in as well. My focus is still on the mission of making sure that every single American believes that the American dream is achievable for them. Scott attacked Democrats ahead of the possible White House run. The progressive left is trying to make America into a grievance culture when, in fact, we've always stood on the foundation of greatness. So he won't say for sure if he's running, but he says he stands out from the other potential GOP candidates. We have to be able to contrast between why we are a great country and why the left wants us to talk about grievance. Yeah, so if uh, Tim Scott 
that would be Nikki Haley, uh, Donald Trump. That's three. Who am I leaving out that uh, potentially? Oh, Mike Pence. Uh, I imagine there'll be others as well, but uh, three or four that we know of right away. It'll be awfully interesting. And, of course, 77 WABC will be all over it. WABC News Time 545. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. And here's Justin Ellick. Thank you, Noam. We begin here on the ice. The Rangers, they snapped their four-game losing skid yesterday, burying the Los Angeles Kings at home by a score of 5-2. Vincent Trocek, he had another big game for the Blue Shirts with two goals to his name, including this beauty in the second to put New York up 3 nothing. With Kudrow, and Lafayette, Trocek scores! That was a beauty! The first one he got help on. This one was his goal all the way. That call courtesy of MSG. One thing also to note from the contest was the match penalty and ejection issued to Keandre Miller for spitting on Kings defenseman Drew Doughty. The penalty will be reviewed by the commissioner's office, and Miller could face supplemental discipline. New York gets the Flyers next in Philadelphia on Wednesday night. Out in Winnipeg, the Islanders put the Jets away 4 to nothing. Bo Horvat got things going with a shorthanded goal in the first to open up the scoring. This is bunched up along the inboards here with the power play halfway gone. Aim free, and it's Bo Horvat. He's up ice. Parisi hustling, too. Horvat shorthanded into the zone. Scores! Horvat using Morrissey as a screen. It's a shorthanded goal. That call courtesy of MSGSN. The Isles wouldn't look back from there with goaltender Semyon Varlamov securing the shutout with his 23 saves on the night. New York will be back on the wagon tomorrow night in Minnesota to face off with the Wild on the hardwood. The Nets suffered heartbreak at the hands of Trey Young and the Hawks in Atlanta, losing 129 to 127 thanks to a buzzer beater from Atlanta's star point guard Cameron Johnson and Mikel Bridges did all they could for Brooklyn with their 27 and 24 respectively. But it wouldn't be enough as the Nets now get set to host the Milwaukee Bucks tomorrow night and looking ahead to NBA action tonight. The Knicks, they get set to welcome in the Boston Celtics for a 7.30 p.m. tip and collegiate basketball saw Rutgers win 59-56 last night on the road against Penn State. And here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. WABC News Time 548. The Department of Energy has concluded that the COVID pandemic likely came from a laboratory leak in China. That's according to multiple reports, which cite a classified intelligence report that was delivered to key lawmakers last month. It adds that the department made the assessment with low confidence. U.S. government agencies have been divided over whether the health emergency began in China as a result of a lab leak or whether it was emerged naturally. The National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan telling CNN yesterday that there's no definitive answers on the origin of COVID. But there is this new interesting study out of Oxford. A new study says there's no evidence mask mandates did anything beneficial at all during COVID anywhere in the world. I mean, come on. So we were wearing those masks for no reason at all for two solid years. The comprehensive study by Oxford University concluded that there's just no evidence that it made any difference. This is Oxford. This is not, you know, uh, you know, some small college. This is Oxford University. So we went to the streets 
as we always do. I shouldn't say we. I didn't do any of the work. I sat here at the anchor's desk. But our own Bob Brown went to the streets and asked you, was it a waste of time to be wearing masks when you hear about this study? This is what you had to say. Uh, I would think it helps now, but what do you think? It it, 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 it does help, yeah. It helps. That's why I still have it on. And I noticed you still have it on, right? Right. Uh There's a new survey out by Oxford University saying that the masks we wore during the pandemic did no good. Do you believe that? No. Why don't you believe that? You certainly couldn't do any harm, and it would stop you from spraying your germs all over somebody. Yeah. Does that sound scientific enough? (laughs) You? Yes, I think that it helped to some degree, for sure. Well, I would say that surgeons and doctors have been wearing those masks for decades, so it must protect from germs in general, and COVID was an airborne virus. So I would think that it would protect to a certain extent. I think that'd be common sense. It just seems logical. A lot of people did the homemade masks, and those, I thought, were baloney. Um, but the surgical masks have served a purpose in protecting healthcare workers from germs for decades. Right. So yeah. All the kids went to school and wore masks in school, and the numbers were not high for them. And so I think it was, I do think it worked. It was interesting. It's now almost an oddity, right? When you see someone wearing one, it it almost stands out. Whereas, of course, two years ago, it seemed, of course, everybody, you had to wear one. Most places, you walked around New York City. But that Oxford study, crazy. Really in-depth, long study that said the mask did nothing to save us. WABC News Time 551. A pilot who flew a small Russian crop duster from Cuba to South Florida late last year has been granted political asylum. Can you imagine stealing a plane from Cuba, making it to Florida, and then they'd send you back? That would be nuts, but this guy's not going to be sent back. He had two incidents in particular where he was arrested and detained for at least three days on each occasion. So, of course, this is the fear. If they send this poor guy back, then, you know, terrible things will happen to him in Cuba, which they probably would. His life was in danger before he left Cuba. Uh, Martinez Machado is this guy's name. He's especially concerned now for his sister uh, back in Cuba. She was able to establish that there was a an investigation, an ongoing investigation, from the moment uh, that it was determined that he had left Cuba of the family and of friends at work sites, at home. Yeah, so the right decision made letting this guy, of course, stay in the U.S. Jeff Reitz. A Disneyland superfan has etched his name into the Guinness Book of World Records by visiting the House of Mouse 3,000 times in a row. <laughs> really? I, you know, Disneyland's fun, but 3,000 times in a row. So we had to check in with him. And it just became something fun. You know, I mean, I, only, I work here in the Long Beach VA hospital, so I'm only 15 miles away. You could have, you know, a tough day. And go to Disneyland and spend an hour or two and, you know, share some smiles and have a good time and help reset and recharge before going home to uh, finish up things before going to bed. Again, 3,000 times in a row. That's a little nuts. Uh, You must have friends like this. I have somebody who has a friend. uh, He has a boat up at uh, uh, a lake in West Milford, um, Greenwood Lake. 
And uh, whenever you ask him what he's doing, that's where he's going. What are you doing this weekend? I'm going to the boat. So I guess this guy's the same thing, except he did every single day. Once he knew he was on to a record, of course, he kept going every single day to make sure he hit that record 3,000 times. I was just wanting to get some steps in, and I enjoy photography. So I'd go around the park, you know, looking for images to capture. You know, uh, the light was hitting the Matterhorn Mountain just just right. So I want to get that shot or... Something like that, you know, or the castle uh, looking okay. great with the snow on top. All right. Uh, congratulations, I guess, <laughs> or an order for him. WABC Newstime 554, a pup from Yonkers, thankfully getting a new lease in life after being rescued from an abusive owner, Maximus, a nine-month-old pit bull, was beaten up by this jerk in Yonkers, there's video of him throwing him against uh, one of those store grates and punching him on a staircase. So thankfully, this couple came in and they've uh, taken him away and they're going to take care of him. This little puppy uh, just deserves the best life ever and we need to get him. Whatever we got to do, we got to get him. Yeah, they're going after that creep hard in Yonkers. Hopefully, maybe maybe he'll even get some prison time. Do these, do these dopes who beat up dogs get prison time? They should. Uh, thankfully, again, this couple stepped in to save this dog. You know, he's an aggressive dog and hyper and, and strong-minded, but he's a puppy. He's a baby. He's loved beyond uh, beyond his wildest dreams. Yeah, kudos <laughs> kudos to that couple for saving that dog. Did you watch uh, Saturday Night Live over the weekend? Actor Woody Harrelson hosting Saturday Night Live for the fifth time courted a little controversy with his monologue that centered on a story about reading the craziest script about drug cartels and then he takes this sort of thinly veiled uh, allegory on uh, COVID lockdowns and vaccines. He says, this is the script he read, and he thought it was crazy, though. It's, it, well, listen, you'll see what I mean. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes. And people can only come out if they take the cartels drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? Right. Being forced to do drugs? I do that voluntarily all day long. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't see that, but of course... Uh that uh, rant against vaccines got him a lot of attention over the weekend. And the Oscars will have a crisis communications team this year after last year's incident when Will Smith slapped comedian Chris Rock, that slap heard around the world. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked it was the only interesting thing about the Academy That's the Awards. problem. They've got a bigger crisis in that nobody, none of the American public can even name two movies. No. Not two. You know, Austin Butler played Elvis. Outside of that, the real crisis is no one watches or goes to the movies anymore, and nobody cares about the Oscars. This is absolutely true, but they will have this crisis team there just in case someone decides to slap or punch someone again this year. And we can only hope they do because that will make the show happen. Who's hosting this year? I have, Look, I don't even have any idea. Do you yeah. know? Is it Jimmy Kimmel? Uh, uh, Jimmy no, Kimmel. no, it's not Jimmy Kimmel, no. No. Uh, I don't think Google. so. We'll have to find out, but odds are the host is so repulsive, you can only hope that somebody kicks his ass. <laughs> <laughs> WABC News. It time. is Kimmel. Oh, it is Jimmy. It is. Nice call. Nice yeah. call. He, Look at he, that. He needs a beating of the in the worst way. <laughs> yeah, he does. I watched Casino yesterday again for the hundredth time. Remember the end with Joe Pesci and his yes. brother? That's what Jimmy Kimmel needs. <laughs> <laughs>
WABC News Time 559. Let's find out what's happening on Sid and Friends on this Monday morning. We'll welcome back in Justin Ellick. What's up today, Justin? Uh, not much gnome. A big Monday morning program. They'll coming at you in just a couple of minutes. Sid and Friends in the morning. Sydney's ready to go. So is Lou Rufino, Macedonia Phil. Not so much, but we'll see. Uh, in the way of... Well, no, what's going on with Macedonia Phil today? <laughs> well, we're going to have we'll to find, find out. It. We're going to have okay. to find out. You know, it's a Monday, so <laughs> everybody's a little off, but hey. We're going to get the week started in the right way. Bottom of each hour, don't miss the clip of the day featuring the Cats Roundtable. John Katz Matisse, 9.40 a.m., another great edition of the Peerless Spoilers Sit-Stake Contest. In the way of guests, 6.40 this morning, Curtis Lewa kicking things off. 7.05, Madison Malloy, 7.40 this morning, Rich Lowry, 8.25, Noam Laden, 8.40 this morning, Joe Takapina, 9.05 this morning, Nicole Maliotakis, and 9.25 this morning, wrapping things up, Mike Didino talk a little bit of sports. Sitting friends in the morning.